All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show. A men's interview, interest, and improvement-focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Mikhail Graglia, who is a model, author, fitness coach and ultra-marathon runner. His book Ultra was published in May 2017. Mikhail is intimately acquainted with the hollow feeling many listeners of Next Level Guy struggle with every day. Before he's beating David Goggins at the Moab 240 and regular winning ultra-marathons, Mikhail was battling depression as one of the world's most softer models. A man who seemingly had it all, yet felt nothing inside. He finally came alive when he started running for his life, literally. His new book, Ultra, documents more than his journey from depressed model to fulfilled ultramarathon runner. It's the jolt everyone needs to wake up, to pursue their passions, push past their limits, and ultimately find fulfilment in their business, relationships, and life as a whole. And in this interview, we discuss how to find yourself, how to start changing yourself from the person you are now to who you want to be, how you can become more ultra in your own life, and so much more. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for coming on. Now, you are somebody who is the ideal next level guy, in my opinion. You know, you didn't like where your life was going. You transformed it. And now you're being true to yourself and doing what you want in life. But for people who maybe don't know the name, and it's going to be everywhere soon, but could you just give a quick introduction and, you know, just a little bit about yourself? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, First of all, Ian, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Michele Graglia. I, I was born and raised in Italy. And uh, for the last about 14 years, I've been living in the United States. Uh, initially, uh, I moved to Florida in to, back in 2007, um, when uh, at the time I was uh, in charge of the, uh, of the sales in the American and US market for my family business. So that one trip, um, you know, I spent a lot of trips, of course, between, you know, all over the country, really. New York and Miami, though, they were our main port of entries. And, um, and one, one trip that I decided to make uh, that September 2007, um, the very first week I was down in South Beach, I happened to get scouted by a renowned modeling agent, and my life changed completely that day. So I was basically thrown into this whole new world, this whole new industry. And, um, you know, it was a complete switch, a complete change in lifestyle and even in terms of life direction, you know. So one thing led to another. And then if you like, of course, we're going to get into depth of it. But I came to a, you know, pretty critical point where I needed to make a change, uh, let's say, and didn't really know what that change was going to be like and eventually found found it among the you know among the the pages of a book about ultra marathons which at the time I didn't even know 
uh, what they were. Didn't, didn't even know existed. But for whatever reason, it, it, it struck me. It was almost like, you know, it was a lightning ball and it, my life changed completely that day. I was, I decided to basically reinvent myself, battle myself, believe in myself and um, with one goal in mind. And that was to be able to pursue, you know, not being a runner, but having the vision of wanting to pursue something mm-hmm. so difficult, so life changing became almost an obsession. And, you know, I, I feel beyond privilege now. We're talking about almost 10 years later and, you know, we're here sharing stories with you. So let's, uh, let's get it going. I love it. So you're, you're originally from a small village town in um, Italy and you moved across to America. How did you find that transition? You know, were you always quite an adventurous child um, or were you always kind of, you know, like, what were you like as a child yourself? Did you ever find like a passion that you were interested in back then or was it only ever when you found ultra marathons to really sink in for you? Well, I, I definitely have always been very an out, very outdoorsy person, very sporty person, uh, and that that's probably thanks to the family. You know, we we were raised right in the Italian Riviera with the you know Mediterranean Sea right there and the Alps right behind. So, you know, we were we were privileged enough to be able to spend our winters skiing the Alps and in the summers, you know, the summers hiking the Dolomites. So, I very I, nice. I, I would yeah, absolutely. You know, I was very fortunate as i say to uh to be introduced to that type of uh beautiful environment and nature and the family certainly instill a deep passion and appreciation for the outdoors so you know both my sister and i my sister um is has been a salomon professional snowboarder for for many years and you know so we're both kind of pursuing this outdoors lifestyle and um and so yeah you know that, that of course when I decided to move to to this to the U.S., my decision was very much business related. You know, I was I had a career in mind. I was, you know, I had goals of opening branches over here and expanding the business and whatnot. But you know, it came a time that when modeling uh, basically came into my life, where I re, I basically had to reinvent myself completely. I was living a completely lifestyle completely different lifestyle a completely different environment for where i was you know where i was raised into uh, coming from as you said from a small village in the italian co- you know a northwest coast to finding myself you know in the biggest cities milan miami new york and and so forth you know working with the biggest brands and biggest names in the industry it was a drastic <laughs> uh change uh, that of course brought a great deal of you know rewards and satisfaction at at, at at that level, and for a small period of time it did become my my main goal because, you know, again, coming from nothing and finding myself in a, in the Big Apple working for the biggest names in the industry you know absolutely was rewarding, and along with that came the lifestyle that you live in the you know in that world. So parties, you know, celebrities, the whole socialite and hanging out and this and this and that. So, you know, 24, 25, 26 years old, you are thrown into this world, into this glamorous, let's call it that way, world. 
where everything is handed out, everything is given, everybody wants you, you know, you feel like the king of the world. Who wouldn't? But, uh, you know, it came a time where I, it almost, it almost came as a realization that, um, you know, what I was doing wasn't reflecting who I was. I didn't find any purpose in what I was doing. I didn't like who I was becoming because, of course, in the process, you know, to hang out in that type of circles, you getting on with that whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle uh, to then find out that that's, that's, you know, that's fun at the beginning, but then it became, it became a drag. It became very soul depleting, very, I, I would say it was demolishing my whole, my whole being. And so I came to this breaking point. I, I literally, I was literally at the brink of, um, of contemplating suicide at some point. And that's a, that's a very dark and, and difficult, you know, topic to open up to. Um, though I think it's necessary to share this type of uh, experience for the fact that I believe that in a way or another, all of us as humans, as human beings, we all come to, we all have to answer that question at one point in our lives. We all come to, to, to face ourselves and, and explore who we are, what we do, and if it's all worthwhile. And at that moment, you know, the moment I would say was the darkest, the deepest crisis in my life, uh, so far at least, um, I, I, was, I just couldn't find any, any purpose in, in what I was doing. And I, and I, you know, I just didn't see any way out. That was the, that's what I think the main problem is always like not seeing a way out. And ultimately the love of my family and the love of the people around me is what saved me, um, is what allowed me to kind of reestablish my point of view and my perception of what, what was going on in that moment. And, and I just came to the simple understanding that that life just wasn't for me, what I was doing, you know, it was, I did in, indeed follow that path of, you know, material success and achieving and, and doing so reaching a certain social status, reaching a certain amount of, um, you know, material success and having all the fancy things and doing and living that, you know, fancy life, uh, beautiful lifestyle, whatever we want to call it. But, you know, I just realized that it wasn't for me, you know, it's not, it's not a given. And so that's, you know, that's when I realized that I could change, not only that I needed to change, but I could make it happen. And so with the right amount of dedication and the right amount of first of all, desire to make that happen. I, I was able in a short, you know, short span in just a few years to not only discover a whole new passion that we allow, allowed me to reconnect to my roots and my love for the outdoors, uh, but ultimately to pursue a life of purpose in, in search for my potential, in search of developing my own self and and seeing how far I can actually go. So um, I gotta tell you, it's been a gr it's been absolutely um, difficult. It's been absolutely uh, challenging at times, at times. But 
I, I wouldn't change it for anything for the fact that nowadays when I wake up in the morning, usually before dawn, I know that I am, I'm on a mission. I have purpose. I find, I find it very fulfilling, fulfilling to wake up before dawn to push my limits a little further and see what I can do. So it's, uh, there are no limits and, and that's a beautiful starting point to, to dream big. I think that'll really hit home with a lot of people because there's a, n- a number of people who write to me who say things like, I'm, I'm not doing what I want. I don't know how to change myself. I don't know how to go for what I want. And it's, I think that's a scary thing for a lot of people. And that's why a lot of them use drink, drugs, they watch yep. TV every night. They want to hide from those feelings. Yep. And I think that's what really sort of will resonate with a lot of people is your story is that yes you can change but you've got to want it and it will be scary but, i mean you've <laughs> you talked... deeply have to want it that's for sure <laughs> well you, you talked um in the book about uh, a guy that was crying at a party you know you've been to one of these lavish lifestyles and um, parties and you know the guys who would have like hundreds of pounds on clothes and drinks and right. all these sorts of things but they were not happy in themselves and I think that's I mean something I've struggled with it's not yeah. feeling connected you know I've sat in a bar with people who I was friends all my life with and thought what am I doing here I'm not enjoying this what you know yeah. that, and I was wasting every weekend this was before I started the podcast but what did that teach you back then about it was that the kind of the kindling to start changing your life to see that people with, the, with all the success still weren't happy. That's exactly right. You know, I think that in a way or another, we are programmed from from when from when we're young, from when we're kids, to pursue a certain lifestyle, so or a certain goal, which is usually towards finance, you know, material success. Uh, you know, you got to get a good degree so that you can get a good job so that you can make good money so you can have all these good things that eventually are going to make you happy. But what I realized in the process is that, you know, it wasn't just my personal experience because, of course, you know, I had the opportunity to be introduced to that world and live it up and explore it wide and long. But I also had the opportunity to connect to wealthy people, socialite that had incredible amount of wealth and despite that you know not having a goal not having a purposeful direction in their lives they were absolutely miserable and so that kind of opened up my eyes to the fact that the search that i was going for wasn't the right one and here i'm talking about a societal trend as you say you know we all grow up we all go to school we get our degrees and then you know you're thrown in there you're starting living the you know you're going out you're living the party lifestyle you're showing off you're you know buying expensive cars expensive clothes and this and this and that most likely though to impress people you don't care about and it's and after a while you just realize that it's completely detrimental to you not only to your physical health but to your overall well-being because you know alcohol drugs all of these things they are let's say fillers where there is discontent or at least that's what i experienced for myself and so i was like why do i need to pursue this path where i i know i feel that i'm absolutely discontent i feel that i'm unhappy i feel that you know i still got you know i have a a nice car 
I have a nice penthouse. I ha I'm hanging out with the fanciest people I can find around and, you know, dancing on tables with celebrities and this and this and that. But at the end of the day, I wake up and I felt completely empty, completely alone, completely dissatisfied. So I'm like, so what is the point of all of this? What is the what is the truth? I guess there is not, a, a you know, an absolute truth because there's absolutely people that could find enjoyment and, and live their lifestyle for a long period, but it just didn't work for me. So um, again, I, I believe that, you know, as you just said, there's a lot of people that live this in this situation that acknowledge the fact that they are discontent and they, they wish they could do something more in their lives because there is a lot more to, to our lives. Uh, if we allow ourselves to explore our realms and explore our possibilities, you know, we we often tend to believe that we're not smart enough, good enough, or strong enough to pursue whatever dream or vision that we have. But the trick is to to shut down those those negative thoughts and begin a journey. You never know how far you can go if you don't actually start. So the one, you know, the one thing that I'm, let's say, proud of myself, if you allow me, is that right from the get-go, I was committed. I was completely dedicated to making it happen. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. And even though it was the wildest and craziest dream, you know, wanting to become a professional to run and wanting to pursue this life of adventure and exploration was so far off from what I was doing that, you know, for most people at the beginning, they were like, it's, it's absolute madness. You know, it's, 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 you know, it's not like it's something close that you can kind of transition to and, you know, keep going. It was almost like dismantling completely who I was and betting on something completely different. So a whole switch of lifestyle, a whole switch of vision, a whole switch of everything. And so here I am sharing my stories and telling you that it is possible. You know, if I did it, anybody could do it. And here we have a, a spectrum, again, of absurd, you know, extreme living the modernly lifestyle and partying lifestyle to reinventing myself being a long distance runner and living you know a life of exploration in a completely different direction so if i did it anybody can do it i think that'll really sort of resonate with a lot of people because that's definitely something a lot of people feel it's that i'm not, i'm not meant to be here like i'm yeah. meant for something else and you're in the ultimate situation where you were judged by how you looked, not by the content of your soul. You know, you were That's judged by right. your looks or what, like how you could make a brand look or something like that. And this is why I'm so keen because when I seen the transformation you made, it was amazing. But what were the red flags you noticed? Like for me, I mean, I've suffered on and off with, it's probably more seasonal depression, but I kind of get it every so often. And, you know, yeah. for things I noticed were like, my flat would start getting a bit dirty or I wasn't paying attention to like my personal hygiene as much as I used to, or, right. you know, you weren't getting the satisfaction from the events. Was it like a, a one-off event that kind of really just got you to change? Or were you, were you noticing this 
every time you went to events or were you noticing it every time you went to parties that it, you just felt like you weren't connected that these weren't the people that were your people in life so to speak absolutely um there were there were a I would say a few events that brought to that breaking point. Uh, to me, the the main part was was the feeling of disconnection um, and the feeling of persistently getting uh, take uh, taken advantage of. Um, you know, when you're in that position, uh, there's always people that are willing to do something extra to get a certain job or whatnot. And so, you know, I, I, I was really fed up with that type of environment where there is no respect for the other person. You know, as you say, there is a great appreciation for your, how you look, but not who you are. And so, you know, what I realized is that it, you know, living that, that type of life in search of, um, everything is external. Let's say, you know, you're looking at everything as, as how it looks, um, the, the, you know, how they present themselves, how, you know, the things they have, all of this, that's just like, uh, let's say fillers, as I said before, they almost like you need these things to make yourself feel important because you know, that deep inside you are empty. And so I started feeling that way. And I started feeling that great sense of disconnection because we were living in a golden bubble, you know, especially at the time here, we're talking about 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, those years were massive economical crisis. A lot of uh, businesses were going bankrupt. A lot of people were losing homes. A lot of people were, were, you know, started living on the streets. It was pretty nasty. Though we were still out there parting it up like nothing happened, you know, and, and it didn't even fade us, you know, it was, it was completely, it, it, it was, it didn't matter to us, you know, it, we were part of this circle, we were having a good time. And so who cares about what happens out of, out, you know, outside and what happened in what happens in the world. And, uh, and so all of this situation to me kind of collided, uh, specifically one spring night of 2009, I had just moved to New York. I got invited to yet another celebrity field party. And it just, you know, few people came to me and, you know, one thing led to another and just quietly, you know, I decided to, to walk home. And, and that's when I, you know, it was a cold spring night. I, I just, you know, at the crack of dawn, I opened the window of my 15th um, floor apartment overlooking the Statue of Liberty right by Battery Park at the tip of Manhattan. And, and I just sat outside with my feet dangling. And in that moment, that came the, the big question, what am I doing? Like, who, who am I really? Uh, I, I just understood that everything wasn't working. I, I just felt a great sense of disconnection outside and that reflected as a great deal of disconnection inside. So my whole world was, was shaken that moment. Uh, you know, when you contemplate your, 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 your existence, you have to answer those questions. It's raw, it's painful, it's daunting, it's scary, it's dark, but 
I think one way or another, we all have to, at some point in our lives, confront our demons. And, and that's when I did. That's when I did at the most critical moment I had to face those questions because to me, there was either putting an end to it or coming off of that with a, with a conscious decision of changing what I was doing and who I was. So there wasn't a question of if, maybe, perhaps, so I could. No, it's I must. I have to. So that's, you know, it's almost like change is always scary. We all know that. Change is always frightening because you are, you know, you are leaving who you were to, re to discover who you're going to be. But just like evolution taught us, it is absolutely necessary. You have to confront that. You have to be willing to face those uncomfortable thoughts and actions that are going to follow. But it is worth your, your, your own life. So, you know, when I came off that day, off of the windowsill, with the love of my family basically saving my life that moment, I was committed. I was fully dedicated to discover what my next chapter was going to be. So as I said, it wasn't a, you know, just a discontent or, you know, oh, I need to make a change just because or whatever, you know, I don't like what I'm doing. No, it was the most critical moment in my life where I had to pick myself up, change, literally change my eyes, the way I saw the world and basically trace, trace, trace it all back to my roots. And um, it wasn't easy, you know, even, even at that moment, I knew I had to change. I knew I had to find something. I knew there was an adventure calling, but I wasn't quite sure what that calling was. So the process took a, over a year to eventually discover ultra running and begin that process. So through all of that, you still have to buckle up and find your strength within. Yeah. I mean, that, that's really similar to how I was feeling a few years back, you know, and it's, it's quite amazing how dark your thoughts can get, you know, when you you can't see a way out yeah. and you sometimes, it's amazing to have people like you have your, you know, your, your family to support you. I had the same with mine, but not everybody has that. And that's why I'll say to people is you have to want to change for yourself, yes. not just to improve other people. You need to want it deep within yourself because there'll be plenty of times, you know, it's easier to slip back to the comfort zone. But yep. when you started this change and, you know, you got the your friends who were kind of saying, come on, let's go to the party, stop being silly, you know, come and yep. have that night out. How did you learn to deal with that kind of negativity? Because I had to basically cut out a lot of people in my life who they weren't yep. interested. They don't, if like, you know, the, the bucket of crabs, they all pull each other in rather yep. than letting themselves escape. Right. How how did you learn to deal with people who were maybe scared of, you know, the change you were making because it made them, you know, sort of consider who they were as a person? Well, to me, to me, it, it, it really didn't matter at that moment because I realized that, you know, you need to, you need to really analyze the people that are in your lives. And I've done that several times throughout my, my journey. Um, Asking my question, the question, the most important question is, are they a positive influence in my life or are they negative influence in my life? Because you can encounter a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people that you're having fun with, but ultimately, I think the true friendships, the true friends are the ones that allow you to grow 
and explore yourself. It doesn't matter what you do. Of course, you know, if you're in that specific environment, uh, it's very unlikely that you're going to find people that will allow you to detach from that world because, you know, you are, you are, you are involved in the whole lifestyle. You are soaked in it and, you know, it becomes very difficult to step away just because, as I said before, you know, it's a societal trend. You know, you want to go to the clubs, you want to have the bottles and tables and fancy, you know, and all, you know, pretty girls around and doing all the things that the, the TV, movies, videos, all of this stuff tells us we need to pursue. But, you know, not everybody wake up at the same time. So, you know, when the wake up call, when the alarm ring, you have to open your eyes and get up and make a change for yourself. So to me, it was, of course, a, a, a difficult transition because, again, I had to completely uh, dismantle who I was to rediscover who I was, who I was becoming. But, you know, it, it was, a, you know, somewhat challenging at the beginning. But once I felt that I was reinventing myself and discovering a whole new world, a new community, a new group of people that were empowering, that were a positive influence in my in what I was doing and what I was trying to become, then, you know, then there was no more second guessing. It was just, you know, you open up, you live in a big room and you're squeezing yourself through a small door. You never know what's on the other side, but most often, you know, you're always growing. And so the room on the other side was way bigger than the one before and full of people that were a positive influence in, in that journey ahead. So, you know, you have to trust. You have to, there's no there's no answer there's no one way you know one solution fits all there is you know just the experience that you have and carving it the way that your vision is is taking you towards so um, what I just realized is that we cannot control anything we just need to be willing to to venture in the unknown because that's literally what you're doing as you said before you know it could be easy to just fall back and stick to your comfort zone and stick to your false sense of securities. But how long, how long is that going to last? You know, that's just going to bring you back to, to your miserable self that eventually is going to collide again in another deep depression or crisis further down the line, because you never ever are willing to confront that thought of reinventing yourself and venturing the unknown. So, um, it's almost like I take life as an adventure. You know, if you don't push past certain limits, you're never going to find out what you're capable of, how strong you can be, how resilient you can be. Those are all things that you cannot experience sitting on the couch and going to the pub and getting drinks and chatting about soccer with friends. You know what I mean? And here I'm just making an example as an Italian, you know, but, and I think a lot of our British people can relate, but you know what I mean? It's, it's very narrowing. The whole life experience become very narrow. You don't allow yourself to spread your wings and see what you truly can do. And to me, that became almost a life, life motive. Because that's what I say to people is if you're waiting for that moment when you're not going to feel the fear, it'll never come. You know, you're always going right. to feel it. But I've noticed like top performers will actually stop and say, I feel, I always feel it, but I learn to actually understand what it's trying to teach me or I use it as a positive. You know, that's the moment I can switch on my go face and just go for what I want. And it's, yeah. 
that's where you need to actually want to make the change, like a, a true change for yourself. And like yeah. you said, is it's possible to do it. You need to want to do it. Then you figure out how to do it. That's exactly you right. To, uh, you need to move the first steps. <laughs> now, you then made the the standard career change from you know world-famous top model to ultra-marathon runner. That's not usually the way these things go. Could you go right. a little bit about that? You know, like what was the inspiration for ultra marathons? Because I've seen these amazing videos of you running, and you know, you almost seem to like connect spiritually and physically to the running, to the nature, etc. But what was yeah. your first run like? You know, what was? How did you get into it? How were the marathons set up? You know, what what is it about ultra marathons that was that? Oh. There's something yeah, to this right. Why, why that? Um, so here we're talking about a year, year and a half after I had that one, uh, you know, dark thought. Let's call it that way. So throughout that process, I I knew I felt adventure and nature call. Um, there was, you know, a vivid necessity to break out of the cage. Uh, the thought was very, very sharp. I mean, I knew, uh, I knew I needed to. I, you know, especially living in New York at that time, I felt like I was trapped, and my roots, you know, were calling back to, you know, my, my, my let's say my soul was trying to find a reconnection to the outside world, and so I started getting, you know, started dipping my nose in a lot of adventures readings and you know books of all kinds of people climbing big mountains rowing oceans swimming big rivers and this mm. and this and that but no one spoke to me they were they were all fascinating don't get me wrong but it wasn't like you know i want to do that and until christmas time 2010 i stumbled up on this book by dean carnazes called ultra marathon man and Right from the first few pages, I was completely taken. I was like, first of all, I had no idea what ultra marathons were. You know, we all know what marathons are, those 26.2 classic distance of, you know, what in the past was considered a human limitation, the human potential, a true test of, you know, our endurance. And then here I am reading of these people running four, five, six, seven, eight in a row with no st- without stopping. And so that kind of obliterated all the concepts of, you know, perceived limitations that we put on ourselves. And, you know, right from the beginning, I, well, first of all, I connected with the, I very much related to the author. You know, he's, he, he, ta- he speaks of his story in this book coming from a, successful businessman working for a famous, you know, for a big fortune 500 company, uh, you know, having reached he, he, at 30 years old, he had reached his, you know, all the goal, all the goals that he set for himself, the material success, the fancy cars, a nice house and this and this and that. Yet he found himself to be at his most miserable point. And I was like, Oh boy, here's like talking to me. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm coming from a different industry, from a different career, but we came to the same conclusion. And so I was like, well, you know, he was able at 30 years old to pick himself up, reinvent himself and pursue that life as a career, as not necessarily, you know, uh, to see as a way to make money, 
rather a way to live life fully. And that's what I was like, wow, this is absolutely fascinating. This guy came from not being a runner being a, you know, rich business guy to completely drop everything behind and pursue a life dedicated to adventure and exploration of the human potential. So that tingled my appetite even more because he were talking about expressing yourself at the highest level. You're not doing anything, measuring how hard you can do it. It's not like how fast you can do it. He were talking about an absolute concept. He were talking about pushing your body beyond all the perceived limitations. See for yourself how far you can go. And in the process, as you say, it almost becomes like a spiritual journey. You are connecting within and developing the inner connection and exploring nature. You create a deeper connection with everything around you that expands well beyond your understanding and consciousness and, 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 and awareness and allows you to create almost like a connection with, with it all as a one. So it really, really, really opened up a whole new horizon, a whole new understanding of, of my place on this planet. And this became my goal. This became my vision. I was like, if he did it, I can do it too. And so I was, I was committed. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy. So how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. Because that's really interesting because like one of the the big sort of recommendations, you know, when you get depressed is, you know, apart from like saying go on to antidepressants is they'll say things like go for more walks into nature because it mm-hmm. allows you to disconnect from technology, but to actually get back and sort of center yourself into the world. And I found that in a lot of the videos I was watching of you where, you know, you were showing that the work it was almost like a spiritual thing you're running. It allowed you yep. to disconnect from the noise and actually just, you know, shut off all the other noise in your head and just let yourself connect to nature and yep. connect to the, the running motion and find yourself in the quiet. Is that how it was for you? Do you find, you know, do you think everybody should take up running or do we all need like a big event like that where we can focus ourselves or is life about continuously challenging ourselves? I believe the latter. I will. I believe it's about. I wouldn't say sim. I wouldn't say just challenging ourselves because, of course, that's where you find your strength, and that's a beautiful experience. But to me, um, I believe that you know, running at the beginning became an escape that slowly morphed into a pursuit. So you know, there's a switch in direction. Just like, just like I think it's necessary for, for our society to switch the direction that we're going in the sense that, you know, picking up from what you said, you know, a lot of people suffer with discontent and depression. And, you know, one of the, one of the 
recommendations is to get out, walk, run, do some activity that bring you outside, that allows you to connect you with nature. But more than anything, those activities, whether it's a 5K, a marathon, or an ultra marathon, which is not necessarily what I'm inviting you or anybody to do, it's any distance that you feel you can do, you know, 5K, 10K, whatever, it's, it's, a, it's a beginning. And it's, it's a beautiful beginning because it allows you to feel yourself and begin to listen to yourself. You know, we live in a hyper-connected society. We live in a hyper-influenced society where we are constantly addressing other people's thoughts, other people's opinions, other people's uh, lives. And, you know, we are, we're talking about social media. That's, uh, you know, the rate of suicides in kids has never been high. They've never been as high as the times that we're living nowadays because they're constantly comparing themselves. They're constantly talking down to themselves. They're constantly saying, oh, look at this guy living it up and, you know, doing all these great things. His life is perfect. I'm miserable. I can't do it. So I just, you know, just put an end to it. You know, this is a real, this is the real pandemic. This is the real, you know, hurdle that are, you know, of our times. This is a real war of our times. You know, we may not be in the trench fighting and dodging bullets, but here we're fighting a spiritual transition of our of our existence as a, as a whole. And here is again is because we are constantly, from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, pushing our energy outward. So we're always facing outward problems. We're always dealing with outward influences. We're always trying to please other people and and all of these things they are to disconnect from the truth of our existence are these practices whether it's walking running yoga anything allowed to switch the direction the other way around so inward no longer outward you're switching the focus inside and that becomes you know at the beginning you don't know you need it. You don't know what you were missing because, again, that's the way we've been raised. But the moment you start exploring that, the more you start connecting with your, with your breath, the moment you start feeling your heartbeat, the pain in your body, that makes you feel alive. That makes you, that begins a conversation within that shatters all the, bar- all the physical barriers, the mental barriers, and eventually allow you to tap into the inner self, which is the heart, the spirit, the soul, whatever we want to call it. And that's when the magic happens. Because the more you do it, the more you understand it. The more you understand it, the more you practice it. The more you practice it, the more it gives you results. And when you are, I would say, not necessarily experienced, but when you're starting to understand those feelings, then you realize that All the problems, all the influences, all the issues in our lives, they are just like clouds in the sky. They're just like thoughts. They come, they go, but that doesn't mean anything because if you're solid inside, what what happens outside doesn't really matter. I love that because it's something I will say to people. It's like, you know, there's just, there's so much noise and there's so many options to find stuff, but 
decide who you want to be then go and find a book on the people who you'd like to be like yeah you know don't try to be them don't you know because you can never go back to right like 14 years old and start working out like Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever. Right. But you can take the, you know, like the habits that they, they suggest and then go and utilize them in your, your um, life to kind of build towards what you want to achieve. Yep. How do you, I mean, your first big event was like a hundred miles you run, you know, you've, you've run worldwide. You've gone from some of the hottest places to some of the coldest places you've beaten like some of the top competitors in the world how do you start training yourself not just like the you know not like a training plan as much but like how do you convince yourself that physically mentally you can do these amazing achievements that you've made well you know like we said before you gotta any any journey any journey begins with the first step doesn't matter how big how long or how wide it's going to be so to me it was just a matter of realizing that that's for whatever reason there was a calling you know i felt that need to answer that calling and so i didn't know how i didn't know where i didn't know who i could reach out to to start this but i i simply bought a pair of shoes and i started running laps as a, in central park so that was the beginning for me um and then of course you know the more you are exploring yourself your realm your networks then you have to put in the work there's no substitute you have to dedicate yourself and that's why i'm saying you have to commit wholeheartedly to whichever craft you want to do whichever craft sorry you want to do in your life it doesn't matter what it is whether it's physical whether it's a business whether it's relationship anything worthwhile is going to require a great amount of of dedication to make it work and so i started off you know just i had nobody i had no friends or nobody i knew in the marathon world i didn't know any ultra runners so i started where you know the easiest place i could the internet i started doing ton and ton of research i started reading books i started watching documentaries i started checking out article articles blogs whatever i could find put my hands on and slowly slowly i started to drift towards this um you know i started lining up uh the sources that i could pick from that i could draw inspiration and knowledge from and so you know that way i started first of all i had to have a goal so, you know, my, my overall, my biggest goal, of course, has always been in this past year has always been to establish myself so that I could pursue this as a profession so that it could be my life. But, you know, that's a, that's a far away goal. You have to set intermediate goals. And in, the first intermediate goal was, of course, to sign up for a race and see what I could actually do. Because, you know, yeah, you want to be an astronaut, but first you got to learn how to ride, to, 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 to fly a plane. Then eventually... You know, you build your 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 resume, you build your knowledge, you build your things and, and grow from there. But for me, it was signing up to the first race. And as you said, you know, I was, I knew, you know, running was just a mean. I was, I definitely love running. But to me, the true fascination lied into the concept of ultra, going beyond. So ultra running, going beyond the running, go beyond the physical to find out what happens after that breaking point, after the limit. And so I signed up to my first hundred miler to first race. 
which was less than five months away, which again, most considered complete madness, complete <laughs> reckless uh, approach. I was thinking but, that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it, it completely made sense to me. Again, I don't know why. I don't, I cannot tell you why that, but I was committed. I wanted to see what it was all about. I was so fascinated, so inspired by it that I was like, you know, I don't want to run a marathon because I know I can. I want to run a hundred miler because I don't know if I can. And that tickled my, my, my thirst for adventure. That tickled my thirst for exploration. Here, you know, we're no longer talking as, as outward exploration. You know, we, we live in a time where all the land has been explored, all the seas have been crossed, all the islands have been found, all the big mountains have been tagged. Here, we're talking about self-exploration. Here, we're talking about the exploration of the, of the human potential. So that's what drove my, my decision to just challenge myself and see what I can do and if I could do that. So I told the line with a handheld in, in, my, in my hand uh, with a pair of short shorts and no shirt. I told the line, I was like, let's rock this. <laughs> so no knowing what I was facing, what I was up against. And, you know, I trained all winter in New York. That race was down in the Keys called the Keys 100. Keys um, are a set of islands south of, like in the bottom of Florida, going from the, um, from the from basically um, south of Miami all the way down to Key West, which is the southernmost point in the country, uh, in the middle of May. So terrific conditions. We're talking about 100 plus degrees, which compares to about 35, 40 degrees Celsius and 100% humidity. So it was absolutely out of my element. But again, I just, you know, when the, when the gun went off, I was ready to roll. And for about 84 miles, I pushed myself to the point where I could no longer run. So I ran until basically I passed out. And that 84 mile marked my initial limit. I, pa I passed out cold. I woke up in a puddle of vomit with my father, which came to crew for me from Italy, pulling my tongue out of my throat because I was choking. I was completely, completely destroyed. I could not move a step forward. The ambulance came, they stuck an IV in my arm to kind of revive me. And my family was there. My now wife, back then girlfriend was there. They were all crying, begging me to never do it again. And well, that's how it all started. Because you've, you've done some amazing achievements, you know, and it's like you said, it's like it starts with the first step and sort of plan your goals. So for people who are wanting to maybe do something like that, you know, I mean, what's your sort of take on things like training and diet? How can we make running fun to even get to that point where, you can start discovering about yourself and challenging because you know you you make these things look easy now but like what was it <laughs> how did you how did you get to enjoy running you know how right. can we start improving our diets and you know people who want to become ultra who want to do a marathon whatever it is how how would you start them if you were to like coach them through it right well you know the first the first step is to understand where you are because of course we all come from different lifestyles we all come from different backgrounds 
uh, different ages, you know, different physiques. So, you know, at the time for me, I was very fit. I was I was already very fit because, you know, working in the model industry, I had to take care of my body at the highest level. Of course, I was fit as a gym guy. I wasn't necessarily fit as a runner, but, um, you know, I, it was a it was a somewhat, you know, transition going from being fit in a way to being fit in a different way. So, again, I jumped on. Uh, I went for the 100 miler. I destroyed myself. That's something I wouldn't recommend to anybody. But, uh, you know, it was somewhat of an easier step. Of course, you know, if you come from a sedentary lifestyle, that's something I would absolutely, um, you know, discourage anyone to take on. Uh, the first thing, again, acknowledge where you are and start gradually improving. So, you know, if you haven't run or if you haven't been active in years, I would just say start for several months, even just walking you know, for two, three months or more, just go out and, and walk, walk at a, fa at a fast clip, begin feeling yourself, you know, begin dropping some weight, begin getting a little fitter. And that will allow you not only to, to break into that in a very comfortable and easy way, but also in a, in a very sustainable way. Because the problem with a lot of people that begin, I, you know, I speak of this as experience because I've been a running coach in the past few years. And there was like a very common trait. People that have been fit in the past and that not necessarily, they were no longer fit. They would just take on running. They'll be like, oh, you know, I, I used to run this much. I used to play tennis. I used to play soccer. I used to do this. I used to do that. And I'm like, yes, you used to, but no longer do. So you have mm -hmm. to be very, very gentle with yourself. Um, the problem, the main problem is muscles react and get in shape much faster than your uh, structure. And you were talking about the the skeleton, the the, the tendons, the ligaments, the the, the all the, the the micro tissue to hold our body together. So. It's a very common problem when you see people starting to run, you know, they begin uh, week two, three, four, and then they get injured. And the common and the common result is people saying, oh, running is not for me. No, you just did it wrong. Running is for everybody. That's who we are as humans. We have we evolved thanks to running. So running is not for me is like a bird saying flying is not for me. It's just gibberish. Running is for everybody. You just need to readapt your body to the the pounding and the consistent, you know, effort that you that you put it under. So grow gradually. That's a one uh, one major recommendation. Start from where you are, and over the period of weeks, months, or even years readapt yourself to that type of strain so that you can pursue yourself at the highest level. Because once you start, the process never ends. Because this seems to sort of tie in brilliantly with the, you know, the sort of mental toughness, the resilience, which seems yes. to be one of your key sort of armors of why you've been so successful. Because you just seem to kind of 
you connect with the run and yourself and you've talked about focusing and always giving your best and you know you're not caring what other people are doing you're just focusing solely on what you're doing and wanting to push yourself to what you know you're capable of do you think that's why you've been so successful that you've never kind of competed with Goggins and all these other sort of people you've only focused on becoming the best version of yourself as possible that's absolutely right you know, I use the same mindset that we shared before, you know, just like the noise of outside doesn't allow you to listen to yourself, disconnect you within the same way goes with, with racing and competitions and running this, this ultra events, you know, the competition is just noise. If I focus too much on it, I cannot focus on myself. And that's when things start going south that's when where things start going wrong it's it's a pro the problem is that once you are focusing on what happens outside you're not taking care of yourself in the way that you should you're not addressing the issues that arise because there will be issues uh you're not focused on staying present more than anything staying present on what you're doing in this very moment trying to give your very best because ultimately, let's be real, I cannot control the, the other people. I cannot, just like I cannot control the outside world, I cannot control, you know, just like I cannot control the outside world in society, I cannot control competition in a race. You know, I cannot control how the other people prepared, how much they train, how well they train. I cannot control how they're going to perform during the day, that specific day. So all I can control is is this very moment giving it my all, giving it my best. Because ultimately, the sum of all those moments of each of those steps will allow me to reach that finish line. And, um, and that's become a very, very much like, a, you know, the, my main strategy. It's become my motto. It's become my, my mantra going into, into all these events which, you know, I bring with me this, this very common phrase right here, right now, a very nice song too, by the way. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, keeping it, keeping the mind under control is the main, is the main goal, being very mindful, being very present. And that to me has been the key, uh, the fundamental key to all these, to all these uh, endeavors. Because something I was amazed at was like the your physical strength, but also your mental strength. You know, you were running like hundreds of miles, but you know, you were coming up with like a, you tweaked a, a, a muscle coming down a, a couple of stones, or you were running on sand dunes in extreme heat, so you were dehydrated. You've talked yeah. about hallucinating during races. <laughs> you know, you've barely managed to get a power nap on the side of a road and not, or not stopped for like a couple of days. How do you train that part of your brain that just says we're not giving up? You know, yes, it's easy to you know put my hand up and say, nope, not doing this anymore. Yeah. How do you deal with that niggling injuries? How do you deal with, you know, when your body's screaming to stop, you know, it's saying you've pushed me to the limit. How do you find that extra 10% or, you know, they always say like, when you feel like that, you're only like 40% done. You've still right. got plenty more. How do you tap into that? Because you just seem to go on extra gear when you want, you know, you level up 
when everybody else seems to be struggling? It's really about quieting the mind. You know, we often speak about mental fortitude, mental toughness. We always stress the, the power of the mind, but the mind is just a tool. You know, there's a great saying that I often share, the mind is a great servant, but a terrible master. Mm-hmm. The terrible master is the fact that if you, um, um, if you allow the mind to make decisions, will, it will always take the easy way out. That's an that's a, um, evolutionary trait um, of, our, of, our, of our brain. So, you know, when the going gets tough, I, I tend to release all the resistance. So I tend to accept the pain as part of the process. I, I know that I signed up for this. I put myself through this. Uh, the biggest question that you always have to answer is the why. So here I try, I work on transcending the resistance of the mind and I tap into something deeper. That's, that's again, it kind of circles back to what we're talking at the beginning, where ultra marathons become a spiritual journey. Once I tap into, you know, once I break the physical barriers, you know, we are going to break through the physical barriers and we're going to come to a point of resistance. And that's the resistance of the mind. So you don't have, you, you shouldn't, or at least that's what I do, use or fight the mind. Rather, you should transcend it. So you're, you're simply accepting the pain. You're simply accepting the fact that that's what you're doing uh, as part of your experience, as part of that journey, and tap into something greater, something deeper. Here we're talking about, again, the heart, the spirit, the soul. So what is the why that fires you up? What is the reason why you're here doing this? And if your why is strong enough, is the reason that why you're doing this thing is strong enough, then you tap into you're tapping into infinite possibility. When you tell me you're at a breaking point and then you you have you only forty percent in, wrong. I'll just say you are just the beginning. Hmm. So you know if you start with this mindset, all you have to do is control the you know topping off your energy levels and deal with of course you know sleep depletion. Otherwise, you could keep going forever. Because I think that's something that a lot of people with depression, OCD, thing, you know, like um, diagnosed for mental conditions, mental health conditions, have discovered is the brain is an amazing thing. But when it starts talking back to you and becomes yep. its own internal critic or only focuses on the negative, it yep. can be soul destroying. And it's really difficult to live life putting a smile on your face when you're going and speaking to people who are only interested in how you look or what right. gigs they can get you to go to or you know, how they can use you as a sort of person. But yeah. what has this taught you, this whole sort of transition about life? What has Ultra Marathons taught you? You know, have you found who you are, do you think? And what's that, what's sort of motivating you to keep going? Because you've achieved so much now. What is it about it that makes you still think, yeah, I want to go, I want to try another one, do another one. Are you discovering who you are or are you really just wanting to push to the, your extreme limits and see what you're capable of? You know, what's the motivation for you? Well, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's the life direction. You know, um, at this very moment in my life, I, I don't want to say for the first time, but at this very moment in my life, I feel 
absolutely content and grateful and privileged to be able to be able to live the life that I envisioned. I was able to carve that those experiences into my journey and and that's you know that's one of the biggest fortune and privileges that I can that I can think of you know when you it gives you purpose at least it gives me purpose it gives me fulfillment it's not about you know you ask me what is the motivation um, you know the motivation always morphs always changes for the fact that you know what fired me up 10 years ago when I started um, was completely different to where what what's pushing me and what's inspiring me right now um, you know the I think that behind all of it there is the fact that it's you know it allows me to to explore myself to expand myself to grow to better myself so I don't want to say you know as uh, you know it, it's a very difficult concept for the fact that it does make me a better person it does allow me to to expand myself uh, at both on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. So, you know, it's not an outside pursuit. I'm not in it for the money because, of course, you know, you can imagine. I could have found one and a million other careers that could have been more profitable, uh, starting from my family business where I was at when I started to fashion afterwards to any sort of business that I could have created in the past decade. But, you know that's not a driving force. I'm not driven by financial gain. I'm driven by a purposeful life dedicated to growth and expanding my horizons. And I don't think there's anything more thrilling than that. And do you think that's the sort of inspiration for writing Ultra? You know, is it the fact that you wanted to show people that it's possible, that you can go from the lowest ebb possible to change in their lives or were you looking to kind of you know you like you were at the point where you said you were content you know you've got a beautiful life you've got a beautiful wife you've you've achieved so much that you wanted to kind of take stock of it all you know what was the inspiration behind the book well definitely the first you know um i am i was i came to understand how powerful inspiration can be uh, about 10 years 11 years ago when i read Dean's book, Ultra Marathon Man. That book, that, you know, his story, his inspiration not only changed my life, but he actually saved it. In the most critical moment, I found a light at the end of the tunnel that eventually opened up to a whole to a whole new beautiful world. And so, you know, of course it was a challenging journey to get to this point, but I feel incredibly blessed to have had the opportunity to write this book, publish this book, publish this book and release it worldwide so that everyone out there could have the opportunity and hopefully be inspired by my story. I'm not necessarily, you know, aiming to inspire anyone to run ultra marathon, rather explore the realm, understand what their calling is, because we all do have a bigger calling. We all do have bigger dreams that oftentimes get shut down by, you know, by the decisions that we make along the way, um, often driven by search for comfort that we're speaking of before. So, you know, the idea is sharing these stories and, you know, with the hope that, 
people will break through those chains and listen to their inner voice and allow themselves to live a life worth live, to fully live, no regrets, no fear, simply venturing, you know, taking on their own journey and finding out that that's, that's what fires up our, our, our human spirit. You know, again, you're not in it for, for material gains. You're in it for yourself, for your, for your calling, for something greater than yourself. And ultimately, you know, the reason why I stress this, uh, or at least I try to emphasize the fact that it's necessary for all of us to pursue that, is that eventually you're going to get financial gains. You know, it's, it's going to be difficult to get it going. But in one way or another, if you do pursue that vision, it's going to give you financial gains. But what's more important than that is that once you find who you are and what you're meant to be and you pursue that path, you open up to a much more kinder and loving version of yourself because you're grateful. You're grateful every single day that you're waking up, not just punching in and clocking in and making the money to, to make it to the end of the month, but you're waking up with fire in your, in your stomach that you want to go get after it. And being so grateful will allow you to expand that to a highest level and be able to change the life of others, be able to inspire others, be able to contribute at the, at the highest level. And to me, there's no better way to live life than this. I love that because that was something that came across in you know, the reviews of the book where people saying, I'm not interested in running, but his story was so inspiring that it, but it also showed me how to change it for myself. And I think that's the good thing about the book is it's not just oh, this is what he did, this is his story. There's also a lot of motivational stuff through it of how you can do it yourself. That's and I think right. that's why it kind of really hits home with people. So how would you advise people to use the book? Um, you know, is that a case of just read through it, find what they want to do and go for it? You know, how would you f deal with somebody who came to you and said, love this, but how do I use this to find my own purpose? Right. Is it, you know, just a case of reading it and getting inspired or would you advise them to use it in a particular way? Well, you know, I think that it is very clear in the first chapter of the book, I state, this is not a book about running. So it's a very straightforward <laughs> message right there. You know, running, ultra running in the specific is, is a tool. It's mm -hmm. a means for me to uh, achieve something greater. And so the lessons that we share through, of course, racing and running and, and adventures are just, uh, are just uh, you know, the, the, the means to share a bigger message. So as I said before, I'm not trying to inspire anyone to run ultra marathons, far from that. But take those lessons and apply it to yourself. Because there are some fundamental lessons that you can transcend they can use and transcend the sport, the discipline, and apply to any endeavor in life, whether it's career, personal, relationship, sports, whatever it is, the broader message is the one that you have to break those barriers because all the limitations that we give ourselves are just perceived limitations that we set for ourselves. Those are not the absolute truth. We are all capable of extraordinary things. All you have to do is believe that you can. And if you do, you will. And have you ever spoken to Dean? You know, have you ever uh, like 
told him about the impact his book had on you? You know, and did the book, while you were writing your own book, did it ever kind of help you come to peace with a regret you had from the past or make sense of something? You know, was it kind of counselling yourself in a way by writing it out and seeing it from years later and understanding what might have happened you were going through at that time? Absolutely. I mean, writing this book has been like a big shrink session, you know, it's been like psychological, you know, getting into depth of my psyche and kind of addressing a lot of those, you know, darker, darker times in my life. And, uh, you know, just a few years ago, I was able to connect with Dean, um, you know, the, the, the guy that inspired me from the very beginning and thank him personally. Uh, the very first message I've, I've got from him actually came in a, in a very incredible way, out of the blue, great surprise, uh, when I won Badwater in 2018. Uh, the day after I wake up and there's a beautiful email from him congratulating and saying, you know, uh, a great deal of words that meant the world to me. Um, you know, eventually I connected with the guy and I was able to thank him and, you know, show him my gratitude for changing my life completely and showing me a way, showing me a whole new direction that, again, saved my life completely. I, uh, you know, the, the great thing about this, um, this story is the fact that it came exactly um, just about seven years after I read his book and got inspired to, run, to, to take on these challenges and in specific Bedwater. He writes in his book about, you know, many big events like Western States and this and this and that. But the one that he speaks about in uh, of Bad Water was the one that captivate, ca- captivated me the most. It was about this, you know, the, the formidable distance, 135 miles, 200, almost 220 kilometers. But what made it even more challenging, even more fascinating was the fact that he was run in the hottest place on earth in the middle of the summer. So here we're talking about pushing your physical boundaries against the harsh, harshest conditions on the planet. So there was almost like a double extreme to the experience. And, you know, 2018 comes, I do believe in that in the seven year cycles. Uh, I committed myself, I started training, I did a bunch of events all over the world, and eventually, 2018, I ran bad water. And coming off with the win and receiving his message from him, it was a beautiful closure of a perfect seven-year cycle. Getting inspired by him, seven years later, being able to run the race, winning him, winning it, and receiving the congratulation from the guy that inspired me from the very beginning was, was just a cherry on top. It was just wonderful. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's amazing to think that you're now connected. Like, this, it's sort of the reason I started the podcast was all these amazing people that are reading their books, their guides, their ebooks, and all that who are changing my lives. And I thought, you know, I'd love to uh, to interview them, and I started doing that. And then, as you start chatting to people, you realize that they're just normal people, but they have these amazing weight outlooks in life they have habits that helps them successful yeah and you, you've met so many amazing people you know like obviously you're you know you're a star yourself but what have you noticed about all these competitors these people who push themselves to these kind of limits 
have you noticed behaviors, habits, rituals they do that helps them push themselves to this next level? Absolutely. Um, well, I think that the one one main common trait, and at least I'm speaking for the ultra community, is is being humble, being open, being down to earth, being uh, and being kind too. Um, a lot of people that I you know that I looked up to, they were some of the nicest people I've ever met. And I don't want to say, you know, everyone is great. Everybody, you know, they're the best and this and that. I'm not, you know, here to, to sing their, you know, <laughs> sing their things. But it's, it's very much um, a sense of, as I was saying before, you know, there's a sense of gratitude to be able to be in that position where you're not only pursuing yourself, but you're also inspiring others. And that brings you at least... For what I experienced, it brings a great deal of humbleness, if it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily in everyone. And here I'm not pointing fingers, but, <laughs> you know, there is that one common trait could be could be definitely that. Uh, and of course, you know, the, the, mi the mindset and search and dedication to the craft that, of course, you know, is necessary. But here we're talking about something greater. You know, I'm talking about not as an athlete, but as a person. So that would be the one. Well, I mean, we're, we're over an hour already and it feels like 10 minutes. You've just got this <laughs> way. I don't know, you just feel like a connection to you when you start speaking and you kind of understand it and it's it motivates you and it inspires you when you listen to you. So I'd love to do a round two and we can really get into the, you know, the actual running, the races, how you plan it, all that sort of oh, stuff. But I know you've got another. Absolutely. Awesome. But I know you've got another interview coming, so I'd love to give you some time to prep for that. But what would you want people to take from this as their first kind of introduction, apart from buying the book, because we'll have the link, et cetera, you know, and I'm definitely going to appreciate <laughs> to, to buy it. But what would you, what would you want people to remember and take from this? You know, here, here we're talking about the, the most important step, the most important, uh, let's say, uh, I wouldn't say tip. I wouldn't say suggestion because again, I, I'm I'm no guru. But the one thing that I would that I would share is beginning to explore their network. And here I'm talking about not the outside network, but their inner network, their brain, their what is that is calling you. So beginning to tap into, you know, what what your what your direction in life, uh, what you would like to be. And, you know, we all have ambitions. We all have ambitions in our life. We all have dreams, but we're often a bit too afraid. We always get wound up in our heads and we start doubting. We start having those negative thoughts that we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not smart enough. In a way, we all feel trapped by perceived limitations. And here we tap again another important word, perceived limitations. The mm -hmm. ones that we perceive are not the absolute limitations. We are infinite beings with infinite possibilities. And so beginning to dismantle that, um, that perception, we begin to, we allow ourselves to uh, to pick up momentum, we pick up courage, 
And that happens only once you start that journey. You have to, the very first thing you have to do is whichever direction in life, just go towards that. Move your first step. You don't know how, you don't know when it's going to happen, but go towards it, begin that journey because moving towards it will allow you to eventually find a lot of setbacks, find a lot of failures, but those are the ones, those are the bigger, the biggest uh, lessons. Those are the ones who allow you to understand what you did wrong and modify and adjust towards that vision. So in every step that you take into the unknown, we begin to discover our strength, our persevering to reach those dreams. And it is in that process of growth that we all, that we realize that we're all capable of a lot more than what we think we can. This is very inspiring to me. Only this way we evolve, we grow to a much more, uh, in a way, like I was saying before, we evolve to a much more loving and kind version of ourselves. This way, we, we allow ourselves to live fully and contribute at the highest level. So whichever direction in life you want to pursue in life, don't be afraid to venture beyond. Take the step and, and let that wonderful journey that awaits of you begin. Because it's that's a beautiful way of putting it. Because it kind of ties up with something you said in a video where you said about you need to be truly present and open to the experience, that's and right. not and not box up our talents. And I think that's the beauty of your book. You know, of your message is you're showing people that you can be suicidal, you can be depressed, you can be low, you can think I'm yeah. not living the life, and at any stage you can say nope this is what I want to do. You may have to go alone, but it is possible. You know, you it can figure out the possible. the how. You just need to have the why. You need to have that true desire to change, and it's possible. But, I mean, until I can get you back on and we can do a round two and really go into this, can you tell people how they can find you, how they can connect with you, where we can get the book, you know, where we can, I don't know, maybe you're having any sort of speaking events, those sorts of things, because... I know you're going to get some massive fans from this, but how can we keep in touch with you and what you're doing? Well, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I'm pretty active on, on Instagram out of all the other social platforms. Uh, my handle on Instagram is at Miki, M-I-C-K-E-Y. And then my last name, Graglia, G-R-A-G-L-I-A. You can also check out my website, uh, MichaeleGraglia.com. And the book, you know, can be accessed from my directly from my website, or you can just um, search it on Amazon, and that will be able, you know, you'll be able to get it basically uh, worldwide. So anywhere you are, they'll be able to get it to you. And um, you know, as of right now, I shut down all the speaking engagements and and personal appearance meetings. Let's say that way, uh, just because I'm entering my. Um, focus racing season so for the next uh, three to six months i'll be very much involved in this and i'll i'll have a i have several you know podcasts and interview opportunities lined up already for the next few months so there's definitely going to be more more to come but um as of right now this will be this will be it well that's it for another week and thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. 
Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.